Thank you for tuning in. It is greatly appreciated. On this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss what went down between Kevin Durant and Shannon Sharp. We also dissect comments made by Trevor Lawrence. And is Steph Curry the greatest point guard of all time? He's one of the poster boys for positionless basketball. He could do it all anywhere on the court, literally anywhere on the court, and make a difference for his team. So he may never lead the league in assists like a Harden can or like a Chris Paul can, but his ability to get open shots and distract the defense is what allows a guy like a Klay Thompson, who's all-world in and of himself, or like a Draymond Green or an Andre Iguodala or Harrison Barnes to get open shots. So yeah, he may not pass it to that guy to get the open shot, but just by his movement, he gets that guy the open shot, and he's transformed what we call as a point guard. And the more I talk about it, the more I'm starting to think he might be the point guard of all time. You're tuned into the New Channel Sports Podcast, the ultimate sports talk podcast. This is the New Channel Sports Podcast. My name is Oenyi. I am your host today, or this evening, this morning, whatever time of day it is that you are listening to the podcast, I am one of your hosts. If this is the first time you listen to this podcast, please subscribe. You can do it on any major podcast platform available. You can do it on our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelled N-U-Channelsports.net. Catch us on Afro Vibes TV as well. Download that Roku app so you can see our wonderful faces there also. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have some great content there as well. But joining me, the phenomenal one, Chris. How are hey. you doing, sir? Hey, what's good, bro? Let's get to it. Let's get to it indeed. Big Low is not available today. He's a very hard, hard-working man, so he's out taking care of some stuff. But he'll definitely be. Oh, so we won't get to come and die yeah. in each time. <laughs> well, you, you, did it, you did it for him, though. You did it for him, though. Hey, you're right. You're we, right. We you're might right. have to com- combine our voices together, though, to get the, the depth <laughs> of Big Low. Because he's, he's a he's real deep voice. Coming down in H-Town. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, but you seem in good spirits, man. I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I'm ready to go, bro. We got a we got a good show. Yes, we do. As as we try to bring good shows to the table day in and day out. So let's kick off this show with some headlines. It's time for it's time for headlines. headlines. Jamal Murray tore his ACL the other night during a game against the Warriors. Very devastating injury. He was very devastated by the news that he did tear his ACL. What does this do for the title hopes of the one Denver Nuggets? Well, it removes all title hopes that they had. To our loyal listeners that listen to us here on the podcast and on Afro Vibes TV, we talked about it in our last episode of New Channel Sports and Afro Vibes TV. And I asked you and Lo, do you buy the Nuggets as a finals contender or going to the finals? And both of you did with the idea that Jamal Murray was going to be there because he is one of the few players in the NBA that when the playoffs comes, he gets better. He doesn't get worse during the playoffs. He gets much better. 
and without him, man, unfortunately, they have no shot. And it just sucks because the, the playoffs in the West was always going to be great, but it, it diminishes what we would have seen. And it just my heart goes out to the Nuggets fans as well. I understand it. Obviously, my heart goes out to Jamal Murray because he's injured. But the Nuggets fans, they've been waiting patiently for a really, really good team to come. And they 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 got one this season, particularly with the addition of Aaron Gordon. And to see that young man, that star in this league go down with an injury, man, it, you said it. You hit it right on the nail. It was devastating. Yeah, I, I did have the Nuggets making some noise in this playoffs. I did like the addition of Aaron Gordon, and I thought they were going to make a big run. But... For me, honestly, without Jamal Murray, there, there's really little to no chance of them going to the, to the final. So a big blow there to the Denver Nuggets. In the NFL, Patriots star wide receiver Julian Edelman, who's played 12 seasons with the New England Patriots and helped them win three championships. It was the MVP of Super Bowl 53, announced his retirement in a video post on social media. He said it was a hard decision but the right decision for me and my family. I am honored and so proud to be retiring a Patriot. It's been the best 12 years of my life. Element, who was limited to six games last season because of chronic knee injury, spent his entire 12-year career with the Patriots and ranked second in NFL history with 118 postseason receptions behind only Jerry Rice, who has 151. Julian Element, which has been the, the news all over all over the place in social media and, and so what is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer, Chris? No. Okay. We can move on. Yeah, we can move on. <laughs> I mean, there's no, I'm sorry. He's, he's, he's not. He's not. He's and not. I just want to say this, though. Just because he's not a Hall of Famer doesn't mean he didn't accomplish great things and we have to knock him. But based on what we've seen in the Hall of Fame, with the amount of time some players have to wait, he's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean... The wide receiver list goes on and on and on and on. And he's not better than a lot of wide receivers that are still waiting to get into the Hall of Fame. But just like you said, Chris, there's no knock on him and what he's accomplishing as a career. That says a lot about him that he's even being talked about in the Hall of Fame, exactly. really and truly, though. So he's had a great career. I believe he was a sixth or seventh round pick. And for him to get as far as he has, oh, man. Great accomplishment for Julian Edelman. He's going to be retired shortly, and then he's going to be playing for the Tampa Buccaneers sometime next season. Agreed. And I'll say this. I think, honestly, if you look at their careers, Wes Welker should get in. If anybody's going to get in between him and Julian Edelman. Because mm. they both play with Brady. It would right. be Wes Welker. I got I got. I don't, look, I don't I look think he's a shot at getting into the Hall of Fame. Mm. I got to look into that. I don't know a lot about Wes Welker's stats. I'll look into that to see if I agree with you or not. You ain't got to look into a play. Just trust me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll trust you on this one, man. Uh, speaking of retirement, LaMarcus Aldridge also announced his retirement. He announced that on Twitter that he'd be retiring from the NBA after experiencing an irregular heartbeat during his final appearance with the team. LaMarcus Aldridge said, For 15 years, I put basketball first, and now it's time to put my health and my family first. Um, is, this, is a, this is a slight blow to the Nets' run to possibly a championship. But you got to respect uh, LaMarcus Aldridge's decision to put his health above everything else. When you have an irregular heartbeat or anything like that dealing with your heart, you got to take that seriously. And, you know, he decided to, to hang it up. Yeah, man. Anything to do with the heart, because if anybody who's ever had any type of issue with the heart, it's very scary because it gets real fast, bro. You feel like you're going to die. Yeah. And he did. <laughs> it's he was, yeah. terrible. 
he did mention he was scared uh, about it happening. Yeah. 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 I so. mean, yeah. Um, when you do that, you, you got to retire, man. So I'm glad he's he's safe. I don't want to see him collapse on the court and die. On the right. Court. Go spend time with your family. He's had a terrific NBA career. Um, I wish him the absolute best. Absolutely. And he's a Longhorn. I love Longhorn. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. What was that laugh, bro? I hope we could pick it up. I hope the microphone picks that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a laugh, man. That's why I laugh sometimes. What was that? All right, bro. A Pittsburgh attorney says he and his client have filed a police report against Los Angeles Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald for an alleged assault. This alleged assault happened in the overnight hours of April 10th through 11. It allegedly happened between 3 to 4 a.m. at an after-hours club on the city's south side. D. Vincent Springs is the name of the man filing the charges against Aaron Donald. So Aaron Donald finds himself in some trouble. I don't know if you've seen the pictures Chris of the alleged oh victim, boy. but they look brutal. Oh they look really, really brutal. And we already know Aaron Donald has you know, not really a short fuse on the field, but we've seen him in some altercation on the field uh, where he's gotten into other players. And so, oh man, he. Yeah, I mean, I but the, know, the NFL is one thing, right? Having a right. short fuse on the field doesn't mean you have a short fuse in real life. Um, like you said, there are allegations. We don't know them to be true, but I have seen the pictures and somebody put the paws on that man. That's yeah. all I'll say. Yeah. Somebody put the paws on him. Oh, it, it, it looks brutal indeed. Jadavion Clowney signs a one-year deal up to $10 million with the Cleveland Browns. I think this is a good move for him. He's going to be playing alongside uh, Miles Garrett, another force on the line. Do you think that this is going to really improve the Browns much next season, Chris? I mean, I hope so. For the Jadavion Clowney, you want to see him stay healthy, which is something he hasn't done for his entire career. Uh, you can't get too excited because he's already played it on a, on a defensive line with another great than J.J. Watt. But when he did, when he was healthy, he was phenomenal, right? right. So for the Browns, it's really a low-risk type of deal. If he's healthy, you expect him to play pretty well. And if he's not healthy, there's a contingency in that contract. So, I mean, it's a it's a win-win for the Browns as far as I'm concerned. And for Jadavion and Clowney, bro, hope you stay healthy and get that bag. Yeah, that's the key for Javion Clowney. Can he stay healthy? Because if he's healthy... He's a pretty productive defensive lineman. He may not give you all the sacks that you want, but as far as stopping the run and this being disruptive, he, he's he's pretty good in doing those things. So I hope he stays healthy and it helps that Cleveland Brown team next year. All right. Agreed. NBA legend Michael Jordan will present Kobe Bryant at the 2020 Naismith Hall of Fame induction ceremony on May 15th. Bryant told Complex Magazine in 2017 that he wanted Jordan or Phil Jackson to present him at the induction ceremony. So I'm going to be stoked to see Michael Jordan up there introducing um, Kobe Bryant to the Hall of Fame. Um, he had a pretty, pretty good speech when he, they were talking about Kobe's passing. So I'm going to be very interested to see what Michael Jordan has to say when he inducts him to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's dope that Michael's doing it, but it's also heartbreaking that Michael's doing it at the right. same time. Um, you would love to see Michael introducing him and then having Kobe come up and talk. And, man, it just hit me again, bro. This man is gone. Right. Whew, it just hit me, bro. This one hurts. I cannot lie to you, man. It hurts because he's such a king, man. He was such a king. So I, I'm. it's awesome that Jordan is the one there. And I'm sure they're going to lot of be a grown man, a lot of grown men with tears in their eyes uh, watching that, uh, watching uh, Jordan introduce uh, Kobe Bryant to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it still hurts. I don't think it's ever going to stop hurting. It's just, you know, we grew up watching Kobe. 
Uh, we we grew up watching Michael Jordan as well. So, you know, it, it hurts. But at least, you know, Michael Jordan would be there. And he, like you said, it would have been nice to see Kobe follow up and, you know, give his speech there. But Mamba lives on. Mamba forever. So. Yeah. I'll tell you this. You know Kobe would have threw some shots. <laughs> That's Because you love Kobe. That's what it is. But he would have threw some shots just like Jordan threw some shots during his speech. So um, I'm looking forward to that and not looking forward to that at the same time, if that makes sense. No, I get you. 110%. All right. So that was headlines. Shall we move on to our first topic of discussion? So Kevin Durant and Shannon Sharp seem to get into it a little bit. And this is, from what I'm hearing, this is based on Shannon Sharp saying something about Kevin Durant that wasn't necessarily true. The quote was necessarily true. I think he fell for like a, a fake Kevin Durant quote. And and he did. Kevin Durant was not about it at all. It, it made Kevin Durant seem like he was trying to discredit LeBron James's rings. Let me read you the quote that, um, Shannon Sharp fell for. People try to discredit my rings, but honestly, I feel like they're the most valuable of our era. People argue LeBron is the GOAT, but if I beat him in back-to-back finals, then what does that make me? Shannon Sharp would go on to analyze that, and then he would tweet a clip of him doing so on Twitter. So, I mean, oof. And this is not the first time. Uncle Shay. Yeah. This is not the first time that Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless have been, you know, um, baiting into. Bamboozled. Right. Fleeced. Right. And so that was fake. <laughs> I remember Skip Bayless also quoted something. I think it was something to do with James Harden. I can't remember what it was, but it was something I, that I don't happened. remember what it was, but I do recall a situation where he had a discussion on what was otherwise faulty information. Right. Kevin Durant's on the scene yet again, bro. Because I mean, but this time though, he, he, I don't know, well, man. I mean, you gotta I think be careful. We're gonna disagree here. We're gonna—that's fine. We're gonna disagree. Okay. Kevin Durant is on the scene yet again, and I just don't understand why. Like, I get why he would come out and defend himself, right? He said everybody's drunk all goes on TV again. And the thing about him having beef with Shannon is, I'll tell you this: most black men in America agree with Shannon on ninety-five percent of what he says. Probably even higher than that because he's he articulates himself well and we respect him. So first of all, don't you call on Uncle Shay and call him <laughs> your drunk uncle. He ain't nobody drunk uncle because he is coherent. I understand what he's saying. Now back to Kevin Durant, who has to be on Twitter at every second. I'm sorry that he's injured. I know he's come back from the injury. Then he comes in, he plays certain games, is on a minutes restriction. I hope he gets healthy because I love seeing him on the basketball court. I can't stand seeing him on Twitter. He always has something to say on social media, bro. And that's who he is. That's cool with me. But you can't go back and forth with a media personality, particularly if they're not trying to go back and forth with you. I will say this on, on Uncle Shay's point. I haven't heard him apologize for using that that uh, faulty quote. But if you really think about it, whether that quote exists or not, it doesn't change his analysis on Kevin Durant. And I think that's where he's coming from. A lot of people are saying, well, he needs to apologize because he used the quote. Bro, like, sit down, man. Take two steps and sit down. Because this is who Kevin Durant is. 
He wants to, he, he likes the attention on social media. And, and I'm going to tell you something else. Part of the reason why he has this beef with Uncle Shea is because Uncle Shea loves LeBron so much. I'm telling you, bro. I am telling you. And I am would not be surprised if in Kevin Durant's inner circles where they're like, well, he did beat LeBron twice. So he's got to be better than LeBron. And if you really think that Uncle Kev, you crazy. <laughs> Maybe you're the drunk uncle <laughs> if he really believes that. There's a lot of things that go into this, okay? Let me let me start off by saying that, yes, I do believe that Shannon Sharp should apologize because you're putting out what? false you're putting out false information about somebody. Let's just say this isn't Kevin Durant, right? Let's say that he put out false information about LeBron James. He would be apologizing within the hour of doing so. Well, you know why he wouldn't do that? You know why he wouldn't do that? Because he would because have enough no respect. false information about LeBron James online. There's you false know why information there's about no... everybody. Come on, Chris. You no, know social thing, media. But this is the thing. You wouldn't fall for that quote because LeBron doesn't talk as much. Well, <laughs> so when LeBron speaks, it's very clear it came from him. That's all fine and dandy, but the fact of the matter is, is that you put out false information about this man. We already know that Kevin Durant is on Twitter 24-7, right? So he's going out there defending himself. You can't just say something about somebody and be a member of the media and then not apologize for sending out false information. You got to apologize to this man. It doesn't matter that he's on Twitter all the time. It does not matter that some people think that he's sensitive about what people think about him. But the fact of the matter is, if you are a member of the media, you have to apologize for sending out false information about a, a, an individual. If this was me or you, Chris, because we're not as big as Shannon Sharp, we would have to go out and be like, you know what? This is not true. This is not what happened. This is not what he said. All right. And Shannon Sharp has to be aware enough to look into the information that he's putting out there as well. This is not the first time and, they've and, done and that. No, this, this is the thing. No, this is the thing. If you're Kevin Durant, I can see him being angry. But once you're like, oh, there go everybody drunk on on TV again. It's to me, it's it, the level of disrespect. It's one thing come out and be like, yo, Shay, you wrong, bro. That's not my quote. And I guarantee you, Shay would have been like, you know what? You know, I'm talking about Shay like I know him, Shay, <laughs> right? Right. But I'm sure Shay would have been like, you know what? It's I made a mistake. But to call him your drunk uncle on TV, that's disrespectful, bro. So that tells me you're not ready to have a grown up conversation. If I mess up and you approach me like shut the F up or something like that. It's a different move than me coming to you and be like, yo, you made a mistake. This is why you made a mistake. I'm like, bet, I got you. But once you call me a drunk uncle, basically, we know it in the black community what that means, bro. We all know what that means, bro. You come at me with fire, I'm going to come right back at you with that fire. So I'm, I'm, I'm with Uncle Shea with this 100%. Let me read to you what Shannon Sharp had to say about that particular quota. Kevin Durant thought by winning the titles, everybody was going to regard him as universally the best player in the NBA, better than even LeBron James. But very few people were willing to go there. And then he's like, because he said it, if LeBron James is a GOAT, I beat the GOAT twice and hit the shot in his building. What does that make me? So that's part of what he said. And then Durant came back. You just mentioned it, Chris, about the the drunk uncle. Y'all drunk uncle out here again lying. When did I say this? So, look, man, I understand that he came back at him, but it wasn't like you don't know who Kevin Durant is. Kevin Durant is going to come back at you if you say something about him. That's just his personality. He told everybody that when he was in OKC, that wasn't him. He was being fake then. This is his real persona. This is his real personality. And as far as Shannon Sharp is concerned, I have great respect for what Shannon Sharp does as a media person. We're both me and you here right now, Chris, trying to get to the level of where Shannon Sharp is at. But if this is me personally, 
are based on what I've seen off of Shannon Sharp and what he presents out there. It just seemed like a situation where he could be like, okay, I apologize for saying that quote. Let's move on. He didn't apologize, but he's definitely moved on. He's not saying anything else about it. Let's, but this is the thing. Let's say me and you were doing our podcast. Somebody comes on. We have a guest, right? Who's the last guest we had on here? Will. Will from Will's, <laughs> Will's podcast, right? And he was like, yo, shout out to Will. Oh, and he again lines all of his listeners. It's going to rub you a certain way. All right, there's a better way to handle that. And Kevin Durant refuses to handle it that way. Look at Michael Rappaport. We just discussed that about that the snitch, because that's what he is. Michael Rappaport is a snitch. But at the same time, look at the back and forth that he had with that individual. Kevin Durant has showed time and time again that he doesn't know how to approach people. And this is the thing. You can approach everyday Joes, right? You can approach everyday Joes on your Twitter and talk to them anyhow, but you're not going to talk with somebody who has a certain prestige. Because I'll tell you this. Kevin Durant ain't pulling up on Uncle Shaq. We both know that. You ain't pulling up on Uncle Shaq. He you might got, be old. You, you might think he old, drunk uncle, whatever he called him, but you ain't pulling up on that man. So you <laughs> can't address him that way in public. That's all I'm saying. If you listen to the way that Uncle Shaq used that tweet or used that quote, you can take the quote out and still he can still make that point because there's no doubt when Kevin Durant went to the Golden State Warriors, he had a certain thought to win championships, and I'm sure he thought that would get into a certain degree, a certain pedigree. But even beating LeBron James twice in the finals, I don't I don't know anybody who calls him better than uh him better than LeBron James, other than haters. But see, other than haters, nobody says he's better than LeBron. But that's the point right there. I've never heard Kevin Durant say that he was better than LeBron James. I've never heard Kevin Durant say that he should be better than LeBron James. What this fake quote does is that it puts yourself in the head of Kevin Durant and you're assuming that he thinks these things. And for someone no, like Shannon it. Sharp, hold on, hold on. And for someone like Shannon Sharp to put that narrative out there, now that's what we're talking about. And I think that's unfair to Kevin Durant. Look, Kevin Durant has been consistent in what he's done for a very long time. Ever since he left OKC, he said, hey, this is who I am. I'm going to continue to be this person. So he gets points for me for continuing to be that person. He's been consistent in that nature. This reminds me of a quote that the, the late, great DMX had. You got to trust people to be themselves, right? And I'm trusting Kevin Durant to be himself. On the other side of the equation, you look at Shannon Sharp. I trust him to be himself, too. But if he's not going to come out and apologize, for me, I'm not seeing that has been his true nature now. Because he's going around posing as being a professional, right? He's in the media. When you're in the media, you're trying to make sure that you give out correct information. You brought out a fake quote. Just like you said, Chris, 95% of black men respect and trust his analysis. So when you put that narrative out there and you're kind of sort of saying that Kevin Durant said something and think something that he didn't really think or say, man, that's unfair to that man, dude. No, okay, what, how you said, feel about it? said it's not unfair, bro. But my point is, once you call somebody your drunk uncle, and all of our loyal listeners, y'all can back me up on this, man. You don't call. That is such an insult because we know what that means. So, nah, if you come in with that energy, you he if he came with him with some respect, I'd be with you. But he refused. He he decided he decided for death. That's what the young kids say now. Oh, you decided death. <laughs> you big death. <laughs> and that's what he decided. So I'm I'm with Uncle Shay on this one, man. But at least he's being consistent. I don't I don't care who it was. It could have been Skip Bayless. It could have been Steve, Stephen A. Smith. It could have been you, Chris. Anybody. Nah, Kevin Durant you, I, is going to clap back you, just like that. 
No, no, I, but I can't give you a pass for saying at least you're consistent when you're consistently doing things that are not wise, at least in the media. Because, um, he, by the way, he just made a lot of money on that, uh, the coin based thing or whatever it is, the cryptocurrency mm. Kevin Durant I'm talking about. So business wise, as far as him making his money with him and his business partner, Rich Kleiman, they're doing their thing. But as far as him being in the media doing all of this nonsense, I'm not for it, bro. I'm just not. Well, he did block Kevin Durant. As far as I'm glad on Twitter, did. and then I'm glad he did. Kevin Durant came back and said, "Oh, I'm the sensitive one." He showed a little picture of him walking, him and he mentioned that, "Oh, I'm the sensitive one now." So I mean, hey, man, we we both look at it a little bit differently. And just because I am now on this podcast, I am now getting my information, and it's going out there, and people hear me. I don't want someone to hear me and say, "Oh, well, oh, and he said this, and that's not true." He's saying something about somebody that's not true. If I ever give out false information even that person class back on me this is just me personally i'm gonna be like you know what i don't care lying, much bro don't 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 you do that what? don't do that don't do that don't do that you lying hey because you lying because i know you bro if somebody approaches you the wrong way even if they're right there's a problem that's pretty this much gonna be most in this country no no this is gonna be a problem i'm still gonna i'm still gonna do my own little clap back but i'm going to say hey bro because it's 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 deeper than the beef you have with that person. It's not even about Kevin Durant, for me personally. It's about giving out a false narrative about somebody, okay? And Shannon Sharp is a very highly respected person in the sports world. You cannot give out false narratives about players. You just can't. If you Okay, let me, let me, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example, though. I'm going to give you an example. Go ahead. You know, at, at, at some point, not me, myself, because I, I didn't do this, but, you know, at some point, you would go clubbing a lot. Again, I just want to let my wife know, not me. I don't do that. Uh, you was with me every <laughs> night. You, go you was with me every night, bro. Oh, what on. are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> 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 That's why I can't trust you, bro. <laughs> but if you go clubbing and you step on somebody's shoes, 90% of the time, what happens? My bad, bro. You good? You good? You straight? Everything's over. And it's good. And it ends. That's the approach Kevin Durant could have took. But Kevin Durant decided not to. Shannon Sharp stepped on his shoe. File. But what Kevin Durant did was he turned around like, you going to clean it up? And then it's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you feel me? It's like, whoa, why are you approaching me like this? And all of a sudden, we fighting in the club. That's exactly what happened. That's it. They started fighting Uncle Shay's club. All he had to do was be like, yo, my bad, my bad. And it's over. But he decided to choose death and escalate it to something that it wasn't. I, I Period. Like, I like your analogy, Chris. I really do. But it doesn't Appreciate fit it. for oh. this particular instance. <laughs> it just doesn't. Because there are three aspects to this, right? There's Shannon Sharp, there's Kevin Durant, and then there are the fans of both these men, right? You can't put out a false narrative about somebody and just brush it aside. I know Kevin Durant came over him the wrong way. I know that he did. But like I said, that's what Kevin Durant does. That's why you should check more into your facts first before you put them out there first of all. That's the first fault of Shannon Sharp. You can't just start spitting stuff out on Twitter. Everything you see on Twitter or on social media is not true. So you can't just bring that out there on a on a very popular TV show and not have someone say something to you. I, I, I can't I can't roll with that. I'm sorry. I love him. I love Shannon Sharp for what he does, and I like Kevin Durant because he is who he is. So especially on Shannon Sharp's side, you're a professional, bro. I'm not saying that you're at fault because you're right, Chris. Kevin Durant came at him the wrong way, but I would still apologize for putting out that false narrative.
Oh, so you're done like Shannon Sharp, huh? I mean, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did to say? We both made our points. We disagree. It is what it is. Okay. We both disagree. It is what it is. Something we're not going to disagree on, our next topic. Steph Curry's a beast, okay? Steph Curry has been lighting it up. He has been shooting the ball from all angles, all over the court. And it just seems like, man, this, this guy is not going to stop. The other night, Steph Curry scored 53 points, and he became Golden State Warriors' all-time leading scorer, surpassing Will Chamberlain. The other night, he was on his way to possibly beating Klay Thompson's three-point record in a single game, but they were blowing out OKC so bad that Steve Kerr told him, you know, you got to sit down, so he wasn't able to do that. But Steph Curry has been on the tear, and, and Steph Curry is, is I think he's the greatest shooter of all time. I think most people will That's agree obvious. with that. That's, most people will yeah. agree with that. But, Chris, is he the greatest point guard of all time? Well, no. <laughs> I, think, I think the answer is no. But I will say this. If I was going to argue, it's not something that's crazy, right? And I think once you get to the point in your career, it's almost like the, the Kobe, Jordan, uh, LeBron. Whoever you think is the greatest, if you you can make a case for them. So for Kevin Durant, and I said Kevin Durant, I still got him in my brain, bro. Yeah, get up for off Steph your brain, Curry, man. Okay, bro. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do me, bro. But, but uh, with, with Steph Curry, uh, you can make the argument that he's the greatest point guard of all time. No, he's not your uh, traditional point guard, right? When you think of a tra- traditional point guard, you think of a guy who's still playing right now in a Chris Paul. He's he's a way more traditional point guard than a Steph Curry. But Steph Curry is just he transcends really positions. He is one of the poster boys, even though they don't talk about him enough this way. He's one of the poster boys for positionless basketball. He could do it all anywhere on the court, literally anywhere on the court and make a difference for his team. So he may never lead the league in assists like a Harden can or like a Chris Paul can, but his ability to get open shots and distract the defense is what allows a guy like a Klay Thompson, who's all world in, in and of himself, or like a Draymond Green or an Andre Iguodala or Harrison Barnes to get open shots. So yeah, he may not pass it to that guy to get the open shot, but just by his movement, he gets that guy the open shot and he's transformed what we call as a point guard. And the more I talk about it the more i'm starting to think he might be <laughs> point guard of all time because i mean let's let's talk about the list you think about magic johnson right i don't think he goes over magic johnson right right so right i gotta put magic one but i didn't watch magic like maybe you have you're a little older than me right uh, but i've seen enough of magic johnson and i've heard enough about magic johnson and i've seen the rings and what he was able to do particularly not just in college but also in the nba so I can understand putting Magic ahead of him. But somebody like an Isaiah Thomas, it's it's getting harder and harder to do that. It's getting really hard to do that. And then you go down the line, the, the line of people that I've actually watched. And I think I might have talked to myself, if he's not number one, he's he's probably number two, bro. Yeah, I've always categorized Isaiah Thomas as a shooting guard, though, coming up. But I do get it. I do put Magic Johnson ahead of Steph Curry. But that does in no way diminish Steph Curry's greatness. You broke it down perfectly. He might not be able to facilitate the ball and get it out to all of his teammates for open shots, but the way he creates shots for himself just gives everybody the opportunity to make shots. And because he's such a great, not great, elite shooter, and this is the real definition of elite, he's able to space out the floor and everybody's able to get their own shot. We talked about Lamar Jackson on our previous 
podcast, right? This is almost in the same category with Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson is not your typical quarterback that can pass the ball over the place, but he has such elite speed and elusiveness that it just makes everybody around him better. It's the same thing with Steph Curry. His shooting ability being the greatest that ever played a game just makes everybody else around him better. And he's not traditional as far as like Chris Paul or a Jason Kidd, but I, I got to put him at least top three. At least top three. I think I think I'll be missing nah, somebody. No, so, no, so, so, that's just if I'm missing somebody. It, it's Magic is number one for me. Magic is definitely okay. number one for me. I'm just trying to make sure I'm going down the list because, and it's also about, I guess it's also about what kind of team are you trying to build, right? Because well, the the goal is to win a championship. The goal is to win a championship, but Steph Curry can't do it all by himself. Look, look, look what's going on this year with Steph Curry. It, it, look, Steph Curry, as far as ratings, is one of the best to ever do it. He is a transcendent, transcendent player, no doubt. So. I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm thinking about this correctly because I think I'm just like you. I'm talking myself into getting him higher and higher on that list because, on the list. yeah, he's not a traditional point guard. He he cannot surpass Magic Johnson because Magic Johnson pretty much did the same thing he did, and he was able to get everybody involved in the game. And just his his height and his, his basketball IQ for me makes Magic the greatest point guard to ever do it. And then you look at Steph Curry. He does it with his shooting ability, and he does it with – his ability to move around the ball as well. And he just has, he has lethal shooting ability. This is not, when you talk about shoot, I mean, Reggie Miller back in the day was a tremendous shooter. Steph Curry has taken that to the, like the 10th power to me. Like it doesn't get any bigger than that. The only thing I might downgrade Steph Curry about is that he doesn't have as many clutch shots. I guess I want to say he has a couple of them, but not as many as you will like. And then when it particularly comes. Particularly in the playoffs. Particularly in the playoffs. Absolutely. But when it comes down to just hitting those shots and going on those hot streaks, we're like, oh, my gosh. Steph Curry blows everybody away with that. Like, he, he's on a hot streak right now that's unmatched. So, man. Yeah. I just, I just really – you put it around – you hit it around the nail. He is revolutionizing the point guard position right now because you look at Damian Lillard. You look at um, – and a couple of the point guards – they they have kind of emulated what Steph Curry has done because Dame wasn't really hitting these. Okay, well, well, let's not do that about Dame. No, no, no. I mean, I'm just saying he wasn't the, shooting those. Dame is really your guy, so I know what you're trying to do. You put me in a position to defend Dame, and you did this on purpose. But oh. him and Dame are in the same category. <laughs> let's no, not no, do no. That. But Dame wasn't doing this at first. Dame wasn't hitting half court shots at first. He he kind of nah. But he's 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 been this guy. For no, he's a while. been he's let's been not, no no. He's, don't get me wrong. He's been cold blooded. You said he emulated Steph Curry. I don't no, know about I'm, that. I'm just, I'm just saying that well, from what I've saw. Steph Curry was the first one to really just start to shoot shots from all over the place. That's what I saw. I didn't see Dame do that first. I know Dame was a bad, bad man before that, but he just added that to his repertoire because he go, saw y'all. because he saw what Steph go, Curry was going. Here we go, y'all. He same just thing, had to same, get it. Same thing. I just say he was a bad man. He's a bad, bad, bad man. He is a bad, <laughs> bad, bad, bad. <laughs> you know, the thing about thing about Steph Curry is what makes it so difficult to rank him is if, if you were to take every great player Every single great player in NBA history and say, we're going to have a, 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 what's that? A fantasy draft, right? And we're going to pick the players. I don't know if he'd go in the top 25. And people say, wow, you're really hating on him because it's to your point. If you're building a team and you don't, and you don't know if you're going to have a Clay Thompson, you don't know you're going to have other good shooters around, you may not want Steph Curry. You, you're, you're probably going to want to take a Chris Paul, right? But so that, I think that's what's so difficult about him to judge. But when you just take a seat back and realize, 
Yes, he played in a great system with another great shooter. But at the end of the day, what he's been able to do is just a quote unquote shooter. I think when people say he's the greatest shooter of all time, it's, it's almost taking away from what he does. It's almost like, okay, he shoots, but he does nothing else. It's just, it could not be further from the truth. If you're a young p- person who plays like who wants to play basketball, there is no greater example of how to play on the offensive end. You would think I'd say James Harden, but no, it's Steph Curry because he's constantly moving. Me and you hoop, we hoop all the time. And what's the one of the biggest complaints we have with people who don't know how to hoop? They just stand there. They don't know how to move. Right. And Steph Curry's made it cool to move. It used to be only the shooters move around and try to get open. It's like, oh, he can't really dribble. But nah, Steph Curry can dribble, but he kills you by moving around. So not only do you have to defend him when he has the ball, you have to defend him when he doesn't have the ball. So that means you're defending for the entire shot clock. Right. And I don't necessarily think that he made it cool to move without the ball. He made it cool to shoot crazy shots from wherever he wants to shoot the ball at. For him being able to move without the ball is just another aspect to his game that's overlooked. That's what makes him so great. Kids nowadays, they want to get on the court and shoot these half-court shots, just dribble one or two times and then shoot shots that they have no business shooting the ball with. They don't understand that Steph Curry does a lot more other stuff that makes him so great. This guy spends hours and hours and hours perfecting those shots. That makes it a good shot. Uh, shout out to, to Paul George, some other bad shot. When you practice that <laughs> shot, as much as Damian Lillard and Steph Curry do, it turned into a good I love shot. How you, somehow I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm just, I got to put him in there again. I got to put him in there you and this guy, I don't know what it is, bro. Like, does he have a sponsorship in our podcast or something like that? Is it something I don't know about, bro? Because this is getting ridiculous. But it goes into the conversation. When Steph Curry pulled up on that half-court shot against OKC, was that back in, what, 2016, 2017? That was a good shot because he knew what he was doing. He He's priced that shot over and over and over again to where he's confident that he's going to hit it. So, man, as far as being the best point guard of all time, the greatest point guard of all time, I think that five or ten years down the line, he might be that because he would revolutionize the game so much that we'll have people coming in emulating his game and you'll look at it and be like, man, Steph Curry may look easy and everybody was trying to do the same thing. Trey Young's a perfect example. Right, right, right. So I, I do think that we may not say it now because we have people like Magic Johnson you know, Chris Paul, just, you know, traditional point guards that are making it harder for folks like me. I'm an old head to say that he's the best point guard of all time. But come five, ten years down the line, we might be saying uh, he was the greatest point guard of all time because it's going to revolutionize the game. It's already been re- revolutionized. You know, look at LeBron yeah, it's James. It's not so much that we will be saying it, right? It'll be the people. Because let's be real. The people who are watching the game now, five to ten years from now, they're going to be the ones talking about it. Right. right? I'm talking about we will be and saying it and people, people five or ten years from now will be saying it as well. Because we'll okay. just look at how the game has changed, right? Because it's changing now. Right. I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's also a function of the people watching him now being a part of the media, right? And then they get to influence what's going on, right? Right. I think, I think sooner or later, we're going to have to throw out these labels, right? Because you can argue. Let's just say you can argue that LeBron James is the greatest point guard of all time, right? Because of what he's able to do on the court. He's able to facilitate the ball and get everybody involved in the way that Magic was able to do. 
but he was bigger and stronger. Oh, absolutely, though. Right? And, but so that's I, not that's not shocking to say because what do most people compare LeBron to? They all say he's now Jordan. But I'm just saying killer mentality, which right? Is complete BS. But, but what <laughs> I'm saying is though he's not labeled as a point guard. He's labeled as a small. No, no I agree with you. Yeah, so yeah. I think there's the same category. I would label yeah, Steph Curry basketball as a shooting yeah. guard. That's what I'll label Steph Curry as, as a shooting guard, because he shoots the ball. A point guard for me growing up was the guy that's going to get on the floor and get everybody involved. And he's more looking so to pass the ball than he is to shoot the ball. So when you ask me, is he the greatest point guard of all time? I would say no, because my idea of being a point guard is, is quite different. But the game has changed and it's revolutionizing. So that idea of labeling everybody as a center or a power forward, the power forward position is dead. The ideal way you look at a power forward is dead now. You don't have those um, Antonio McDices and um, um, Dennis Rodman's and just the big, bulky um, Otis Thorpe kind of power forwards anymore. You have these stretch fours and stretch fives. It's just the game has changed so much, man. You can't you can't just label these guys as being centers, power forwards, small forwards, shooting guards, or point guards anymore. Yeah, I agree with that. Even the guy who just retired, Lamarcus Aldridge, he's a guy that the NBA kind of passed him up. His shot is money. Oh, that Within mid-range. the three-point line, Lamarcus Aldridge's oh. shot was money. But even him, the game passed him up because he wasn't taking as many threes. No, you're absolutely correct. 110%. So right now, we wouldn't categorize him as being the best point guard of all time. But that doesn't diminish anything that he's done. And he's, he's definitely number two on my list. I mean, because of, you got to respect that shot. All the way from the start of the court to the end of the court, you got to respect that shot. And that's what makes him such a lethal point guard. All right. So our last topic of discussion, we don't talk a lot of college football, but let me talk about Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence had a bit of a, I guess I want to call it interview with Sports Illustrated recently. And he talked about a lot of things. He talked about, you know, what he's going to bring to the game and just different stuff. But there's one particular quote for him that, Maybe you want to dive into, right, a little bit. Maybe you want to overanalyze a little bit. Because that's what we do. We're, we're part of the media. We're going to overanalyze quotes, all right? So this is what he said. It's hard to explain that because I want people to know that I'm passionate about what I do and it's really important to me. But I don't have this huge chip on my shoulder that everyone's out to get me and I'm trying to prove everybody wrong. I just don't have that. I can't manufacture that. I don't want to. There's also more in life than playing football. Now, I respect him for saying that. I mean, not everybody is going to think that football is the, the, the only thing that they have in the world. And right, everybody is not going to have a chip on their shoulder. But does this kind of reflect his, I guess, motivation to play the game in some sense? I mean, you look at Tom Brady. No one has to tell you that he has a chip on his shoulder at all times. You look at Michael Jordan. No one has to tell you that he had a chip on his shoulder. Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, a lot of the greats just had that internal self-motivation to get things done. It was always like somebody was trying to get in their way or they had something to prove. Does that quote make you believe that Trevor Lawrence may not have something to prove or he may not have that inner drive in him? Well, the quote tells me a couple of things. I don't know how he grew up, but I, based on the quote, I would assume socioeconomically that his family was probably doing okay, right? Because that some of that hunger, some of that drive we're talking about 
is sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, right? Uh, sometimes it could be people who, who have come up from rough situations, not necessarily being poor. That's not what I'm really saying. Just had tough things happen to them at young ages, right? So I want to be very clear. When I mention the socioeconomic, I'm not really necessarily saying rich or poor. I'm more saying he's, he, he, he had a situation that's probably he hasn't gone through something really bad or traumatic in his life. I could be dead wrong. He could have had something really traumatic going on in his life and I could be dead wrong. But that's the first thing I think. The second thing I think is, okay, that's fine. I never thought he was going to be the GOAT. Because one thing I do know is this. If you're going to be a GOAT, you have to live, breathe, and be whatever that thing you're chasing is. It has to just, it has to just consume your very being. And basically it was like, no, nah, it doesn't really consume me, but I'm really good at it. And it strikes me very similar to like an Andrew Luck. And if he turns, if he has a career trajectory as an Andrew Luck, some people may say, well, Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck retired early. Yeah, he did. That's because he got beat up a lot. If they protect this guy <laughs> and he plays up to the level that we've seen him perform at Clemson, he'll be just fine. Do I think he'll be the GOAT? Based on this comment, no. I don't think there's a chance he'll be the GOAT. But what I do think is he's a phenomenal player. I saw him at Clemson, particularly in his freshman year, do phenomenal things with the football. He has a really good. I love the way he passes the ball. He is very athletic. The boy can fly with them golden locks he has and that hair he got. The boy can fly. He's a stallion. Okay, so he'll be just fine. If you're worried about him being good in the NFL based on this quote, you're worried about the wrong thing. I think for me, once I heard this quote, I was like, well, he's out the goat hunt. He ain't gonna be the goat. But I'm, that's okay. You don't gotta be the goat. That, that you don't have to be that. You can have other ambitions in life, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, you can be okay with it, right? Everybody's not going to um, be motivated to be the best at what they do like that. And I'm not saying that he's not motivated, but based off that quote, that is definitely not the number one thing that he's thinking about in his life. And you said it, Chris. Anybody that I know that's a golden age thing, they are consumed with that thing. They are obsessed with becoming the absolute best. They would You would never hear Kobe Bryant have a quote like this. Like he would tell you that he eats, breathes, and sleeps basketball. The same thing with Michael Jordan. Now, looking at that quote, I wouldn't see see that as being a red flag because we're talking about a different era of players as well. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Oh, no, I don't do that, bro. Whoa, 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 I know whoa, you're whoa, going. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll let you finish. Look at look at look at look at, look at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has never said that he eats, breathes, or sleeps football, but he's the best quarterback in the league right now. And you know that he has the ambition and the motivation to be one of the best, to be the GOAT. So I just look at this era of players and some of the comments that they make. It's just different nowadays. They're not they're not going to be they're not going to say they're cons- completely consumed with something like that. That's just this is how it is right now. Back in see, the day, that was a little bit that. different. See, I don't know about that because okay. I, don't, I don't know how Patrick Mahomes consumes football. I really don't because you're right. I haven't heard him necessarily talk about it in that way. But what I do know is that there, there are certain people who who see Trevor Lawrence's comment. But like, well, that's just the new age of players. And I just disagree. It's not the new age of players. That's just how Trevor Lawrence feels. And the thing about him, it's more frustrating. It may be more frustrating here because he has goat like talent. We know that. So when you hear that, you're like, okay, so he's clearly not going to be the goat. And I don't know why people that rubs people so wrong. It's not. It's it just. It doesn't rub me that way. It's okay that he doesn't see the NFL like that, particularly because I'm sure. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong that he's had a conversation with Andrew Luck, and Andrew's like, look, man, you're gonna get hit, and it ain't worth it. <laughs> so it's like I'm. A, I, I I can honestly see him having that conversation with Andrew Luck. So I, I don't have a problem with what he said because I know he's gonna come out. I know he's gonna compete, and I know he's gonna be good. 
So I'm 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 okay with it. Man, I I definitely think this is a new age thing because I think that a lot of these players are learning from previous players. Just like you said, he might have had a conversation with Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck could say, "Hey, man, it's not worth it getting hit like that." And so he's taking a different mindset as to how seriously he takes the game. I've heard different people like Arian Foster say if they didn't go back in time, they would never have played football. He said on this podcast that he wouldn't have played if he, he can go back in time. So all these statements that are being played now, as opposed to what was being said to me when I was growing up, was that, oh, man, these football players are gladiators. They're going there. They're putting their life on the line. you got to go in there, rah, rah, rah. That's the mentality that we had. We had that mentality of going in there, crushing it, and just being the absolute best. Now what these young folks are hearing is quite different. They're hearing that football might not be the sport for them, that they might want to go to other avenues. And just different things like that might change your mentality on how you want to play the game. And that's what I mean when I say these new school players. They may not put it all in like people would have done back in my day. So I just, I mean, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just, not. I just, just, I just, you can we always, disagree with that. We though. always, we can always disagree, Chris. It's no, but fine. I'm saying the reason, but it's, that's fine. We can, but the reason why I disagree is it's not, it doesn't mean he doesn't work very hard and live and, and I didn't say while that. he's playing. I didn't say that. No, but, 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 that's, but that could be taken out of what you said. It right? can't you may be, not but mean I'm, not, that, I'm not even but saying Conclusion that. can be taken out of what you said, and he didn't say that at all. All he's saying is, I mean, for what I, the way I see it is from week one through 17 or how many weeks they got now in the NFL, he's, I think it's 18 because they added another week. But either way, he is going to play hard. But it, he's okay with doing other things. And I'm 100% fine with that. And I, I, I don't think it takes away from him doing what he does on the field. And the thing I really like about him is it, it, think, it makes me think about Russell Westbrook, right? Everybody wants to play as hard as Russell Westbrook, but you make, you just, not everybody has that. That motor, that thing, and that—that's what he's talking about. He's like, I don't, I don't have that, so I'm not even gonna come and lie to you guys. Now, do I wish he kept that to himself? Yes. <laughs> do I wish he kept it to because himself? You, yes, but it was being honest. That's exactly what I'm saying too, though. You will talk about me saying that, how people perceive it. How do people perceive him saying that on the interview? Right. You look at Russell Westbrook because that's a pretty good example. We already know that Russell Westbrook plays with a chip on his shoulder, night in and night out. He has that relentless motor to just play and beat you at any cost. But he said it when he was talking about Stephen A. Smith, man, like he's won a championship in life. That's important to him too. But you also know that it's important for him to do it on the basketball court. But based off of what a Trevor Lawrence said, it was a combination of two things, right? You, we all know to a certain degree that there's more to life than whatever sport that you're playing as an athlete, right? Most, some of them do. But even the greats will tell you, no, it's all about football, basketball, or baseball, right? But the problem with me with Trevor Lawrence is when he said that he cannot manufacture having that chip on his shoulder. I think as a great player, you always have to have that ability to take what someone says to you and use that against them. Use that as fuel. But you you said it, Chris. Based on what he said, I can't see him being the GOAT. And I think that's what it all boils down to. And, is, but, but can you see this, him being though. the GOAT? Well, I, I, I may have to backtrack him on comment. And I'll say this. To his defense, think about it. In college, no, excuse me, in high school, he was probably called the best quarterback in the country. You know, he wasn't probably. He was. Right. And then in his freshman year in the NCAA, he went out and he didn't just beat Alabama. He whooped Alabama. 
Right. So in his brain, he's never, I think he's more saying like, I've really never been tested. He's never been criticized. So he just doesn't know. And I think that Chip, he's more saying, I can't even get up for the games because every time I show up, I win. So there, there's a chance where, you know, because he's going to go to a bad team. He's going to the Jaguars. If they're 0-4, right, and people are writing bad headlines about about him, he may wake up and be like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, this is what you have to say about me? I'm coming for you. So there's a part of him that just doesn't even understand criticism because he's been so good. I understand what you're saying. I really do. But it goes both ways, right? This is kind of like Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf, right? You just you said it perfectly, Chris. Maybe he hasn't had that adversity to get him to the point to where he's like, okay, I got to clap back. But one or two things could happen. Just like you said, Chris, he could start 0-4 and he can start off in the hole because it's going to happen. Once he gets to the NFL, he's going to see, oh, wow, these people are really talented. Everybody is good at their position. So he can use that and be like, you know what? I'm going to play harder and I'm going to make football more part of my life. Or it could happen. And he could be like, oh, uh, Andrew Luck told me not to take this too seriously. So I'm going to back down. I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing, and I'm not going to try to get any better. I'm just going to, you know. Uh, uh, Angelo I mean, did. I'm sure Angelo didn't tell him. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. No, no, I didn't say he said it. I mean, he might take it that way. He might take it as he doesn't need to do See, as much I anymore. Think, I don't think he'll take it that way. He just If he, if he fails, he just that means he just didn't have it. He's a bust, right? So I, I just I don't think but this comment He would be a bust because – he has the talent, Chris. Let's not say he doesn't have the talent. He but, has the talent. I mean, there have been many movement. players. If you're the number one pick, bro. You have the talent. You, you do. have the talent. Right. But, the, but, but do but you have some guys? Do you have the mental? Just, that, they're just time. I hear what you're saying. But there are times where guys just are your busts. I mean, it just happens sometimes. But there are different so reasons why did, they're a bust. I don't want anybody attributing this quote to him being a bust. He'd be a bust because he's had enormous talent. It'd be his first time facing guys that really challenge him, and he just d- doesn't know how to get off the mat. He doesn't have the mental fortitude to do it. Oh, it's really that simple. I can't do it, bro. Yeah. I can't do it with you today, man. It, Why do you have to disagree with everything? You can't agree with the easiest thing, bro? The easiest thing you can't it's, agree it's, with. It's, it's simple to me, man. Either you have it or you don't. And based off this quote is an early indication that he may not have it. It just is. Now, he might just be the greatest quarterback to ever live ever he might just go out there based on his sure talent and his worth ethic and go out there and dominate it might happen but somebody's going to hit him in the mouth eventually because all quarterbacks go through that all players go through that who are trying to be the goat and they overcome so i i just don't know and i'm not saying he's going to fall flat on his face we don't know but i'm just saying it's gonna be one or two things this is with every player either you're going to bounce back are you gonna you're gonna fall to the wayside? You know, Ryan Leaf to me is a perfect example because he fell to the wayside. He just did not have the mental to deal with the NFL had given him. He did not have it. I remember the, the the video of him just totally berating this reporter that was trying to ask him a question. And I think that was like the tipping point. He was like, "I do not want to be an NFL quarterback. I just do not want to do it." But, I mean, but I hear what you're saying about Ryan Leaf, but there comes a moment where. But you got to understand, though, we thought you were. No, but you got to understand, though, back in the day, it's easy to say, oh, Ryan Leaf was a bust now. But back in the day, it was like, do we draft Peyton Manning or do we draft Ryan Leaf? No, I I remember that. I remember. I'm I'm saying I get that. But I guess my point is, if you're a bust, you're a bust. But it's not necessarily it doesn't necessarily correlate with this quote. He may just not have what it takes to be in the NFL. And it has nothing to do with the quote. 
Okay, so let me. That's let me, all I'm saying. Okay, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question about this quote. No, no, just, you, just answer my question. I, I just need you to understand this. Can you can you understand? At least this is how I see it. There's if he is a bust, it doesn't necessarily have to correlate with this quote. He could just be a bust because he's a bust. But what makes him a bust? Be specific. Oh no, 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 no. I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> what makes him a bust? You know what you remind me of? You know what you remind me of is that guy. He's really popular now. Kevin Samuels. He's like, uh, <laughs> what's your dress size? But I'm skinny, though. <laughs> but you attend, though. But I'm skinny. <laughs> hey, Answer man. the question, bro. I would have to say no. Bro, because, look, look. I'm looking at it like this. He has the talent. Correct? He has the talent to be successful in this league. We're seeing that he does have the talent. So, it, okay, and what what characterizes him as a bust exactly? I think there's a lot of components that go with this, right? If he goes into the league and it's completely flakes, then they don't make the playoffs or anything like that. Yes, he's an absolute bust. But there's different levels of bust, right? Is he going to be Jamarcus Russell level of bust? Which I would find I that care. very bust hard. Bust is a bust, bro. Well, what are we talking about? Because a I'm bust try- is a bust. What is this looking at me right now? Because you're you're trying to you're trying to you're, you're, <laughs> you pause like that? Hold on. Will you pause like that? The the listener can't can't see what you're doing. Like the little face you get. I don't know. I don't know what meme that is. I I really came to tell y'all the meme, but it was just that frustration look. It was yeah, a look I, I am. I am a little frustrated because it's it's not that simple to me. Because you said you you asked me if it correlates with the quote as far as him not succeeding in the NFL. It doesn't necessarily have to correlate with that quote, but and I that's think, all I'm saying. But I, but that's I do, but I I'm do, saying. but I do think most of it will, because of who Trevor Lawrence is. He's oh. the first overall pick, and he has the talent to be one of the best to ever play the game. So I do think that if he does not show that he has that inner drive to to make it over the hump or make it over any adversity, then yeah. That will be part of it. But the thing is, he didn't even say that. He just said he's not going to manufacture a chip. It ain't there yet. You and can't we, make we, one we, if it ain't there. Okay, and so when it, when it comes there, because it's going to come, it's going to be a moment where someone's going to— Maybe gonna, not. Maybe he's one of those guys. And, that, and that's, he, what that's what I said. That's what I said. thousand yards next season. Yeah, that's what I said. But but eventually, because what we're, what we're doing is we're trying to see, do you think this would be a GOAT, Chris? I think that's a problem. At there. first, I said no, but now I changed my mind. I gotta see how he reacts to adversity, and that's that's the point. I don't know yet. That's the point. We, we no one, no one knows. We're just we're just speculating a whole bunch of stuff based off this one quote. I know it's a lot to speculate off of one quote. I understand that. That's what I'm but, saying. But I'm just trying to get history. you to admit. But I'm just trying to get you to admit, it. like Uncle Kevin Samuels does. Are you dress size ten? But you keep saying I'm skinny. I don't understand it, bro. <laughs> oh man, don't there's, get it. There's history. How can you do that? There's history behind it. That's why it's so <laughs> it, it's very easy for me to explain because there's history behind it. We've seen greats. All the greats have that chip on their shoulder. They just do. And I think that if he's not trying to be a great, then whatever. I guess it's not that big of a deal. But if you're the number one draft pick in the NFL, you're a quarterback, people are going to expect you. They're going to have expectations of you to be great. And that quote, man, I don't know. Might be a little bit of a red flag. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. We shall see. All right. If this is your first time listening to our podcast, please subscribe to our podcast. It takes a lot of work for us to record this, edit it, 
and put it out to you. We hope we're giving you good content. We hope that you enjoy listening to our voices because we're doing this because we love what we do. We're very passionate about talking about sports and because we want to entertain you. We try to put out at least one to three episodes a week and we keep on pushing that out because we want to entertain our listeners. We really do appreciate all of our listeners, our loyal listeners. We appreciate you as well. And we hope that you continue to to listen to what we have to say. We're just sports fans like you. And we give out our passionate opinions about all these sports po- topics. You can subscribe to our podcast on our website, newchannelsports.net, new channel spelled nuchannelsports.net on any major podcast platform available. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have pretty good content there as well. Follow us on Afro Vibes TV. Don't don't follow us. Just look us up on Afro Vibes TV as well. Download that Roku app so you can check out our wonderful faces there. Also, we talk sports there as well. I have been the one and only O'Enyi, joined by the phenomenal one, Chris Hope you enjoyed the show. Until next time, we are out. Thanks for listening to the New Channel Sports Podcast. If you like the show, feel free to leave a comment and a five-star rating. Your support is very much appreciated. Also, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or on our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelt in you, channelsports.net. Got a sports-related question for the crew? Just leave a voicemail on our website. Till next time, have a good one and stay safe out there.